Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up, everybody? This is John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get down into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Hey everybody, welcome back. How y'all doing? That's stupid. It's, it's weird to ask a question of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're here again to hey, what's kick up, off. Guys? A, <laughs> we're here again to kick off a brand new movie. Um, I'm super excited because it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger flick. Yeah, we are going to the well of Arnold. It's a, it's a deep well. It can't. It, yeah, you can't go wrong when you return to the well of Arnold. <laughs> He's the inspiration, so I never feel bad about uh, about coming back to the fucking figurehead, oh, man. No, 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 no. It's like an, seeing an old friend. <laughs> All right, this is this is uh, the other movie that Schwarzenegger made in 1987. We're not talking about Predator. No. We're talking about The Running Man. I love this movie so much. I know it's, so, it's hot garbage, <laughs> but I love it so much. <laughs> I, I don't know how I missed out on this one, but I did not grow up watching this the way that I grew up watching a lot of the others. Why, really? Maybe this was not on TV as regularly as, as the rest. I feel like you're probably right. Um, this is one that I, I grew up watching quite a bit. I remember, you know, mom and dad worked on weekends and we would get dropped off at my grandmother's trailer <laughs> in McMurrin's. Jimmy Sue. <laughs> That's right. RIP. Uh, we'd get dropped off at McMurrin's trailer park. And, uh, and this was one that, you know, like seven, eight years old that I remember vividly getting popped in the VHS along with Bloodsport and, and <laughs> select others. And we would watch this violence gore and all so she was a she was a fan of these movies herself or yeah. the or the tapes just were at her trailer both i think she she really liked like muscles and the male form as it were okay. <laughs> but for her. I, I think that they were in my i think they were in her house because my uncle also lived with her at the time and they were his but she was also into them so okay yeah and how old were you like couldn't have been older than like 1987 so i was like five five or six <laughs> oh, I saw this. she had this brand this was like when it was first out on video she yeah, had so, it. but i think that the i think the first time that i saw this was probably like 1988 89 so okay yeah, i was probably right. like seven seven years old is about right that's cool man yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of bonkers to think about letting some kids watch this now but i mean this is ultra violent this movie it, 
certainly is. Um, but yeah, this movie is is fucking wild, man. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's also got like some killer uh, names, some action pedigree. Yeah, the, the cast list is crazy. Do you want to run through? Yeah, let's run through it. Okay. Aside from Arnold, who we know his uh, we know his pedigree. All right. No schlub. <laughs> Yeah, we got Yafet Koto, who was Mr. Kananga in Live and Let Die. You may remember Bond movie. I uh, love Yafet Koto. Yeah, same. Uh, Jesse, the body Ventura, in his prime, mind you. <laughs> yes. Pro wrestler and one-time governor of the state of Minnesota. Who else we got? Um, Richard Dawson, <laughs> who was known, I guess, himself. at that point as being a game show host. Yeah, that was yeah. his thing. He was the lecherous host of Family Feud. Oh, my God. Who would just just plant kisses on contestants. I think whether uh, they wanted it or not, it's go, go on YouTube and find any one of a number of videos, like <laughs> compilation videos of him just kissing women. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Would not it would happen. Definitely now. not fly. Yeah. That no. was, it was a different era. Um, the female lead, Maria Conchita Alonso was beautiful. Oh, yes. Beautiful woman. Oh my God. She was also in predator two. That's right. Uh, which is legit. Yeah. Um, I got I got Jim Brown on here, legendary football player, Hall of Famer. That's right. Viewed as one of the best running backs ever to play the game. Another pro wrestler, Professor Toru Tanaka. Uh, yes. Frequent depictor of henchmen. So this was not a departure for him. Yeah, he had like an odd job thing going mm -hmm. from James Bond, sort of this like just hefty Asian yeah. guy, very um, like thick. Yeah. One of the original thick boys. That's right. <laughs> hot. It's so hot. Um, I got Arnold's boy, Sven Ole Thorsen. He's was awesome, in man. He's got such a, a visual presence. He is compelling. Him. Very compelling. Uh, in everything Arnold did in the 80s, but most recently was Tigris and Gladiator. Yeah, that, that was bad for me. Yeah. And then my favorite musical two, royalty, my favorite two castings of the movie, <laughs> Mick Fleetwood playing a character not cleverly named uh, Mick, the leader yeah, of the yes. resistance and Dweezil Zappa. Yeah. What the hell? Frank. That's right. Not even Frank Zappa's most interestingly named child. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what a cast list. It's wild. I, I wonder how the musicians found their way into the mix. I have no idea. Or, well, Dweezil did music as well. He just was no Frank, right? That's right. Dweezil, I liked Dweezil Zappa's music. I can't remember the show. There was some show in the like early 2000s that he did where he, he was more of just like a commentator or a pundit. He, okay. and, he and his brother Ahmed both. But yeah, and but they would sometimes feature his music and it's good but it's not his dad at all moon unit was not involved moon unit i don't think at that time was involved <laughs> <laughs> um this story which is a wild story and a, a pretty flimsy story really was based on i think a, a short story by one richard bachman that's right aka stephen king which is just bonkers to me but i love that i love that fact because I, I mean too young to appreciate it at the time but now as an adult i'm like what do you think he wrote it under a, a pseudonym because he's like, this just isn't a Stephen King story or was this early in the career? That's an interesting question. I didn't look and see where it Me fell neither. in his, in his oeuvre, his output as yeah. it were. But, um, that's an interesting question. We should tweet him and ask him. Yeah, let's do that. For sure. This just goes to bolster the theory, though, that anything that Stephen King ever put down on paper has been made into a television show or movie. Yeah. 
they're very, just they're very visually compelling. He he, he yeah. can definitely set a scene for sure. It's always a solid premise. It doesn't always have a solid <laughs> follow through. Yeah, the ending always a, <laughs> is questionable. <laughs> and um, screenplay by our man Stephen D'Souza. We keep coming. We we keep saying we're coming back <laughs> to the well, and I feel like ninety percent of the movies of the eighties that we talk about and the nineties were written in part by Steve D'Souza. He might have had like a very symbiotic relationship with Arnold as well. Like they seem to thrive on what they could do with each other's material, you know. But yes, D'Souza. Let's just crank through some of what he wrote in uh, in the eighties. I've got Die Hard, Commando, which we both talked about. Yeah. Forty Eight Hours. Die Hard Two. Die Hard Two, uh, and then I think his career sort of went. A little downhill after that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really did you bad say, stuff. Did later. he have something to do with Street Fighter? He directed Street Fighter. <laughs> oh, he should have stuck to writing. I think that that was like, yeah, that was definitely a crest. <laughs> Not or that that was the trough rather of his career. We could talk about that movie sometime. No, we're I definitely going to do that one. I, I remember liking it when it came out, like really liking it. And I really did not like the Mortal Kombat movie. Really? Exact now, opposite for me. Yeah. I loved well, Mortal I Kombat. To, see, I didn't play Mortal Kombat as much as I played Street Fighter. But when I went back to review Street Fighter, oh yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And Mortal Kombat's kind of awful as um, well. But even even having watched Mortal Kombat relatively recently, that movie at the time I was I was aware. I was like, this is a better movie than Street Fighter. Street Fighter was garbage. <laughs> and I was a Street Fighter player. I sucked at Mortal Kombat. Still do. Street Fighter yeah. was my jam. And I remember watching the movie and being so, so, so disappointed. Oh I couldn't I couldn't wrap my mind around why they chose Guile, but it was because Van Damme's not Asian and he couldn't play Ryu yeah so yeah this is true there wasn't you didn't have like a Bruce Lee type leading man a no. Jet Lee or uh even a Jackie Chan or somebody who could maybe try to play that part and Mortal Kombat but, was the exact opposite because Liu Kang was the the main character yeah so and they just they just decided we don't need an A-lister for Mortal Kombat we'll just try yeah. to make the best movie we can right I loved that it I thought it was really good <laughs> <laughs> well we can probably both agree that neither one is great. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. They're both. They're both bad. Uh, tell us about the music. Well, I'm glad you asked. The music is by one Harold Faltermeyer. Who, Fuck yes. He was killing it. He was crushing the game. Beverly Hills Cop. The Axel F theme is his property. Yeah. Um, as was that. Yes, he Gun. did the score. He did the score stuff for Top Gun. And I love the theme that he came up with this movie. Um, I'm always partial to some 80s synth, and I'm yeah, I appreciate that it's enjoying a renaissance in music right now. Oh for the yeah, past it's like eight Stranger years or so. Things. This this stuff was fit right in on the Stranger oh, Things so soundtrack. Good, or something. Even yeah. The, yeah, the theme for this movie, though simple. I mean, he just takes it up. Um, take it up the scale, take it up the scale, and then jump down. It's so <laughs> simple. It's so simple, but it's memorable as fuck. So I digged it as well, or Tell, dug it. I digged it, baby. <laughs> Tell us about uh, who directed this piece of shit. <laughs> this movie was directed by Paul Michael Glazer. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a, the name of somebody with some clout. Yeah. But, um, he's best known for playing Starsky in the Starsky and the Hutch TV series. Fuck? What? He, al 
He also directed The Cutting Edge. I love that which, movie. The figure skating flick? I love like couples it. figure skating? Topic. <laughs> <laughs> he directed The Air Up There. Another guilty pleasure of mine. That movie is really, really good, actually. And he, he directed Kazam. And that movie Oof. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen... I think I've seen Air Up There... I don't know that I've seen Cutting Edge as much as it was an 80s VHS staple oh, man. as well. It was, and then Kazam, definitely not. Cutting Edge was on TBS every fucking day, seemed like, right after okay. Saved by the Bell. And then the air up there was, I think it was a Disney movie with Kevin Bacon. Where yeah, he plays I remember a, that he was like recruiting some... Uh, you're so an coaching African, African, an African basketball prince. players. He was trying to recruit was an African... Tall. Yeah, an African yeah, prince. I remember that one. And went out there. That movie is really, really good. Yeah. Holds um, up. Uh, did you, this is a side note. This probably doesn't make the final cut. Did you, you used to watch the boy who could fly, which was on heavy rotation on TBS. Remind me of the plot. I think so. Oh yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes, he seemed kind of yes. like he's probably autistic. He liked to stand out on the roof with his arms out. Yes. And, and then young it turns Fred out Savage at the was like the little brother of with the, the big girl. wheel. Turns out he really can fly. Oh man. That movie yeah. was good. He squirted like piss all over the bully kids with a squirt gun. I, I remember reenacting the scenes with the big wheel, especially because we, oh, yeah. we rocked a big wheel. <laughs> me and my yeah, brother was definitely, definitely loved that. The, but that just made me think that was probably the, like the caliber of film that cutting edge was. Yeah. TBS, man, they just had their, their roster of movies. They had a stable of movies and they just played those shits over and over and over. Ted Turner knew what the people wanted. <laughs> yeah, he did. Mediocre Beast movies and, and Braves games. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like Sanford and Son reruns. Oh, what the hell? It was the most bonkers lineup on TV. <laughs> that, that channel and USA were just, they didn't make any sense whatsoever. Absolutely um, not. But Running Man, Kevin, was made for $27 million. Damn, that's kind of a lot. Right. For that era. And it only grossed $38.1 million. Mm. So but it lived, it's lived on. I'm sure it's done better as you know, it's gained more in syndication. Status. Yeah, absolutely. For uh, yeah, sure. I, I loved this movie and I guess, I guess, I don't know. We can talk about it. <laughs> Break Let's down do the plot. It. So first I'll say the, the opening credits start rolling and that opening credit font just is the same font as the opening credits from Terminator. Like it is the same font. <laughs> it's not a different font. <laughs> that just killed me. I was like, wow, okay, sure. Why not? I mean, it's sort of like a futuristic sort of sci-fi font. Maybe they had already paid for the font. Maybe. Perhaps. But you Perhaps. also get those like 3D running men. Yeah, that was a pretty good little Arnold silhouette. And I was like, through there. I was like, and that's where they blew the budget was on the digital <laughs> running men. There was also like then the the Arnold's name and the title of the film were sort of these eight bit looking graphics like blocked. They were little blocks that looked like Nintendo font or something. Yeah, that was strange. De, de rigueur at the time, just like video game font was all the rage as Nintendo and Atari were proliferating across the yeah. the world. Let's talk about how prescient right the view of the year 2017 was yeah so the movie's 87 so this is 30 years in the future that's right they're predicting the world economy has collapsed check resources are running out check the u.s is being run as a police state we're pretty close <laughs> there's like you know shortage of food and all this type of stuff i mean i'm like jesus fucking christ they nailed it stephen yeah, king way to go, steve 
<laughs> oh my god it's really it's not what else off. you got Stephen King <laughs> oh man please tell me it's gonna be better in 30 more years it makes me cringe thinking about it uh, um, but yeah there's they're censoring art music and all communications mm. the government runs all the media mm. um, and the running man is the most popular television show in in TV history right sort of for telling the 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 advent of reality TV as well. This yeah, show. And, and like people's just thirst for watching other people be harmed, I guess, you know, yeah. it's no different um, now than, I mean, it's like watching football. You want to see but people yeah, get hit. That's true. Um, so the, the opening credit crawl says that the show suppresses people's desire for freedom. Mm. Um, it just makes them, you know, they just like to watch these futuristic gladiators. They just sort want to of, zone out, baby. I guess so. Um, but there's an underground group that is resisting the government's control. And uh, they'll be our protagonists, I guess. That's right. <laughs> so Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is Ben Richards. It's a very, um, that's a, like a fantastic four amalgam. Yeah. Ben Richards, right? It's just very much like a everyman name, I guess. Like if yeah. you were trying to blend in, but, um, he's sort of this paramilitary helicopter pilot, which is kind of cool. Schwarzenegger in life. I think before he got into the, all the bodybuilding, he drove tanks. Oh really? The Austrian military. I, yeah. <laughs> the Austrian military. Just the phrase sounds funny. Don't know why. I mean, imagine he came from, you know, like an Austrian military grunt to governor of California, biggest movie star in the world. Unbelievable. What a life, man. I know it's going to be uh the problem is no one who could play him in a movie in a bio. That's a great question. You um, know, does, does Arnold have a biography or an autobiography out? Yes. Um, right? Yeah. A I couple? own it. Uh, oh, yeah? I've, I've got one. Yeah. I found it like on sale for dirt cheap at the library. Got it for a buck. I don't think I've ever read it. Uh, it is thick. You need it's to probably hit, like 600 pages. You need to hit me with that. I want to read yeah, that I shit. To, I need to do that research myself. <laughs> Just so that I can get um, inspired about my own life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so Ben Richards. I love these movies where Arnold has like the most just American Joe type of name. Oh my God. <laughs> There's no ex and no explanation for the thick Austrian accent. None needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, so they're zipping around in the helicopter. It's like the worst, him and three or four other soldiers, the worst like rear screen projection on yeah, this it's pretty terrible it's it's not not great well they blew um, all the money on the opening credits so they're all just wearing baseball caps like no helmets nothing like that you would expect a guy flying a helicopter right to be wearing right uh, and i love that they're flying a mission to bakersfield california fucking shit yeah. <laughs> yeah man oh my god uh but anyway there's some type of what they call a food riot going on mm -hmm. down there um, so he's, he gets orders over the radio that he's to open fire on the unarmed civilians down there, but he refuses. Good. Good on you, Ben Richards. Yeah, man. I said the crowd is unarmed. <laughs> he's looking at this weird screen, like a display in front of him. This just got a bunch of little dots and it says no weapons evidence. I'm like, what is this thing's technology that it can tell there's no weapons, but Who, all it can show you like is dots. Metal detection, maybe or sonar Perhaps. radar. I don't, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but. It's really important to headquarters, though, that these innocent civilians be killed. What the apparently, fuck? Apparently, because, yeah, they are, they are 
ordering him to do it. He's saying no. Then they tell the other guy, I guess the co-pilot. There are lots of women and children control. down there. All they want is food, for God's sake. <laughs> All they want is food. <laughs> uh, they order his co-pilot to take control, and he's just instantly got a gun drawn. Like, it's out already. These guys have <laughs> drank the Kool-Aid, man. What are the odds? I was thinking that even a helicopter pilot is carrying a, a pistol. It seems like know. the last thing you're going to need, maybe. Maybe the yeah. military has evolved quite a bit, or the police, rather, whatever whatever uh, government yeah. uh, group this is that he's working for. But Richards, being the magnanimous good guy that he is, he just starts fighting everyone oh, in man. the helicopter. We get some of the most <laughs> Arnold yells, like the most stereotypical <laughs> Arnold yells ever. <laughs> well, he's yes. like kicking ass, um, knocks a guy <laughs> onto the stick, which causes the chopper to sort of pitch over and him to almost yes. fall out. How is the helicopter not crashing? There's no one in the pilot seat. That dude's been like knocked onto the joystick or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's just like no one is flying this thing and it's not crashing. And but, they're, they're not know. like super high up. They're relatively close <laughs> to the ground. It seems like they're, they're close enough to just open fire with guns exactly. apparently and kill but, uh, the 1500 people. Yeah, so this got this just awful choreo- choreography on the fight. As you say, a lot of good grunting. And <laughs> he's Arnold's got a few like I can't remember. I was thinking when I was watching, I can't remember a movie where he's ever been like a a very proficient fighter. Like it's always just brawling and yeah. punches. He does this like backhand sort of punch thing a lot. Yeah. He he's just got a few staple moves, but never one where it's like, oh wow, he's got some skills you know yeah. like the way movies are done now where you get a jason Bourne or somebody and he's clearly had some martial training. arts training you know yeah for sure that's just a thing well, maybe anyway. we, all, we couldn't see it it's too early to tell in the these close quarters yeah <laughs> that's true inside of a helicopter there is no technique that's I right <laughs> um but yeah the the helicopter is like banking wildly R- richard's sort of halfway falls out the helicopter. He's got one foot like hooked on the, some railing on the Who inside. It's like, knows what it, gets it is ridiculous. On. I mean, it is like, it is like Han Solo in return of the Jedi when he's <laughs> hanging over the hanging on that toenail. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it would be impossible to be hanging on in that fashion. Yeah, there's, there's no way that he doesn't topple out of the helicopter to his yeah. death. Um, I also don't understand like why, why catch him? I mean, is it yeah. like, why catch well, him? One of the guys is like, they want us to, yeah, they want us to bring him back, not kill him mm. or something, but I'm not sure why. They reel him back into the helicopter, and then the one of the guys is like, you're going to fry for this. It's like, I can't see that. You're going to fry for refusing to kill civilians. I, I mean, guess. I understand you refused orders, but that's not a death sentence. Maybe it is in this In 2017, reality. in this reality, anything goes, yeah, I, I suppose. guess so. And then one of the other guys sort of says, and I'll see you in hail. It, yeah, there's a lot of not great acting in line delivery from these guys, <laughs> but they were trying to really, you know, make something from their brief moment in the sun. <laughs> they were going big. They were, they were a lot of big performances. That's true. Not to a say lot of subtlety. <laughs> um, so we get a slow dissolve to 18 months later. We're at like a prison camp. Um, 
Richards is like, he's doing hard labor at this prison camp a bunch, yeah. along with a bunch of other guys. There's a lot of shoveling and welding and digging and things like that. Yeah, it's hard to tell exactly what it is they're doing. Yeah. People are always just digging in prison. It's like it's <laughs> like what I imagine the gulag in Siberia. It's like no one really yeah, knows what they're doing. Yeah, it's just busy work, kind just of. digging holes. They're looking for the, the stones, yeah. like in Temple of Doom. <laughs> so, yeah, the inmates are wearing explosive collars. And are being worked to death, as we mentioned. Um, yeah, and, there's like a pile of bodies. Yeah, just it's kind of like it's kind of like some World War II type concentration camp images. That's exactly what it it sort of evokes for me too. And we see Arnold doing what every director loves to have Arnold do, and that is carry something big <laughs> and heavy. Um, yes, he's, he's also, got an eye beam. He's just got a a massive like an eight foot eye beam on his shoulder. It's like he's strong. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> very strong he's also bearded which it's not a great look for arnold i can't like usually i'm really good at at picking up whether it's a facial wig or not and i can't (laughs) tell but it looks like shit it looks yeah if it's not i'm gonna guess that it's not fake but it looks fake yeah arnold could not grow facial hair it's just yeah the hair is like very fine a very very thin like it's not a full robust beard i imagine it's like 18 months of beard he should have a lot more beard (laughs) yeah yeah um i like i think of him in predator when he had stubble and that was a good look for him yeah but yeah this beard never not a good look for ben richards there's a reason why you haven't seen it in more movies i guess correct correct um, the guards are like just laughing and talking about the about the television program, The Running Man, as these corpses are being loaded onto like a flatbed. That's right. It's like these dudes have lost their humanity. That's right. And the other guard just laughing, saying, "I never miss an episode." Um, and it's uh, we all we hear all this during a, a prisoner transfer, um, and we get a look at that point at, at like how the armed perimeter of the camp works, and that it has to be armed and disarmed by guards via these like little briefcase looking workstations or something they look like video game consoles almost yeah then yeah like inside the inside this warehouse type area yeah there's this kind of nerdy looking inmate weiss who he's watching over the shoulder kind of of one of the guards as he's entering the code to disarm the the security perimeter yeah and he's like what the hell kind of setup is this though that this guy's just got his little station set up down on the floor amongst the inmates yeah no idea we call that visual hacking in today's world <laughs> just like oh, really? being able to yeah like being able to peek over someone's shoulder and see <laughs> 653-9x is the code for yeah. those of you who want to know <laughs> so so weiss memorizes that real quick and he signals to the others i guess and then we get richards and laughlin who's that's yafet koto's character that's right they start fighting with each other yeah, they're throwing uh, real punches though for a fake fight. They're like going at it. Yeah, I thought it didn't. It didn't seem fake. No. Um, but when the guards try to intervene, then a full fledged riot breaks out. Hell yeah! It's like Love all it. the other inmates are getting involved. Guards are just opening fire, shooting up. That's dis- crazy indiscriminately. To yeah, like, and I get that guards having live ammunition, I guess, but just instead of trying to like keep the peace, they're just going straight to lethal force. That's kind of nuts to me. And they've got their own, like presumably their own guards are down in the, in the mix right, as well. Exactly. You know, like they could just hit anybody. Doesn't matter. No, anyway, well, those, guys, those guys get jumped by the <laughs> prisoners. And so the prisoners now have the guns. We got a great moment with, a. Uh, Ben Richards up on the catwalk. He sort of scoops a guard up in his arms like a baby. And he says, 
give you a lift, oh. tosses him off the thing. It's our first of many horrible one-liners in this movie. Just, just, feeding, <laughs> just feeding Arnold his candy. <laughs> I mean, Commando was high on the kiss-off lines, but this has got easily twice as many. There's like two kiss-off lines per kill just about in yeah. this movie. Yeah. As opposed to one every other kill, They're maybe. Really and down. Maybe Arnold went to D'Souza and was like, I need more, baby. More. Give more. me more. Give me more. <laughs> so by this time, too, Weiss has gotten a hold of a security box. Arnold has a yep. gun now. Um, and Weiss is having a hard time disarming the perimeter. It's weird. It's like his one thing to do. <laughs> well, there's, he's saying maybe the walls are too thick or something like that. But this, the, the guard was just using it inside the building. So yeah. that doesn't really make sense. Um, now I will say, we'll see this, I guess, or, well, they pop outside, right? Right. And there's another guard with another sort of little same terminal. It would make more sense if they could have just said, I'm trying to disarm it, but this other guy's keeping it armed, you know, like he's, he's thwarting me. Yeah. I think we're supposed to, we're supposed to gather from seeing those couple of shots that maybe that box outside was the one causing interference. And that's why it wasn't working. That's at least that's the, the take home lesson that I got. We also get an exchange, a quick exchange between Richards and Laughlin that clues us in that they aren't buddies talking about like not throwing punches during the, during the fights. Like you're a good actor, Laughlin who's acting. So we get it that there's no love lost there between those guys. And it makes sense because the inmates think of Ben Richards as yeah, like killer. this murderous, murderous military guy. And most of the people who are in jail are anti government. Right. Right. You know, right. Right. So it, it makes sense. But yeah, out outdoors you get uh Weiss is still struggling to make this, uh, the thing is on the job, perimeter. Weiss. God. <laughs> and then we got our inmate Chico who decides he's just going to make a run for it. Um, this part is like, it, it is forever ingrained in my mind. This, this seven or eight year yeah, old. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot, man. So he runs, he runs across the perimeter, um, but the system is still armed and his head just blows up or blows right off his body. It was, a fucking good effect. Yeah, it always looked so believable to me that that was his head just exploding. It was like, yeah, it was, it had to be for me easily the best, like, kill effect in this movie. For sure. Yeah. Poor Chico, man. Yeah, we hardly knew Chico, but he's gone <laughs> now. Um, didn't really get a chance. Um, Laughlin kills the guard with the other security box. Thank God. Right. And then and then Weiss is able to easily disarm the security. So that was that's what makes me think that they were just at odds with each other. You know, as, as Weiss is trying to disarm it, the other guy's trying to keep it armed. That's and- kind of humorous. I wish that they'd made more out of that. Like, yeah, I mean, it would have been I just feel like as a storytelling device, it would have visually it seemed like that's what was happening mm-hmm. to me as an audience is that they were butting heads trying to get the system right. arm disarmed arm disarm but you could have just said that and then it would have made more sense than acting like the walls were too thick and that's why it wasn't working inside or whatever else i don't know yeah um but at any rate yeah so once that other guard is is killed then weiss easily is able to get the thing disarmed and everyone just sort of all the all the inmates disperse They're like right hoofing it out of there and that's where we get our first uh, our first main theme that simple but memorable main theme <laughs> i love it Way to go, Faltermeyer. Getting it. Yeah, that dude, man, he was crushing it. This would have been probably the next thing that he did after the Top Gun, after Top Gun, right? Which Top Gun was 
fucking epic and huge. That and uh, Beverly Hills Cop. He was yep. probably a, a hot commodity. I would like to see what he was making, what his salary was for yeah. all these little nuggets of goodness. Yeah, man. I hope he's. I hope he's still Tasty well taken care nuggets. of. Yeah. The Axel F theme, unbelievable. Iconic. Yeah, all of yeah, them. Man. They're all iconic. Anyway, uh, so now I love this. Uh, we get Richards is still hanging out with Laughlin and Weiss mm-hmm. and they're, they've made their way to the city proper Los Angeles. I love um, this partially like animated background painting of LA yeah. that, that it's, is so dope looking. Like even now I love it. It's like very Blade Runner. It looks yeah, so that's cool. What I was thinking dude, it was sort of that like dark gritty look that Blade Runner had. Yeah. Most definitely. And there's a newscast that's playing because newscast makes for great, uh, that's great right. exposition. Um, the newscast is saying that it's permanent detainment if you're caught breaking curfew. That's right. Proper ID is required. I um, believe they say that there's double points given if you report a family member. <laughs> That's yikes. <dark>. Very, very <laughs> Hitler of you. Um, and oh, and then and then she says this other like sort of Orwellian whatever, where it's like, and remember, like. With ICS, seeing is believing Ugh. or something. And it's like, yeah, it's sort of like you just believe whatever we're telling you here on the propaganda like machine. Chinese and North Korean state TV. Absolutely, man. Yeah. After the newscast runs out, then there's a commercial on for the running man. That's right. Which is produced in cooperation with the Department of Justice, <laughs> which is nuts. But then there's just all this footage from the show. But I am pretty sure that that's footage that we see later in the film, like it, in that. It most with definitely Arnold is. Yeah, it's yeah. most definitely like you don't really yeah. get a good look at his anyone's face is just bodies. But it's 100 percent movie footage of Arnold Schwarzenegger or his body double. Now, the guys, they're kind of incognito. Yeah. And I thought Yafet Kodo was fucking dressed like Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when he's in disguise. He's just got a trench coat and like a giant fedora on. Yeah. And it's like, it's the op, it's just so conspicuous. Yeah. But they are all conspicuous. I mean, if you if you want to get real about it. That's, tr- anyway, that's the truth. That's what I had. But yeah, he really, when I was rewatching it like this morning, I was like, holy shit, he's just dressed just like Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he goes out to see the movie like or sort whatever. Of a big turtle in a trench coat. You go into LaGuardia, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love That's that awesome. movie. It still checks um, out. That movie's awesome. Um, yeah, and then we got our, our group of misfits have made their way to like the CD headquarters of the resistance where they meet up with our boy Dweezil Zappa playing Stevie. And I guess I I heard that they named the character Stevie after Stevie Nicks because of oh, Nick Fleetwood, <laughs> um, who's wearing that is amazing. Yeah, a pretty neat bit of trivia there. But he's wearing the Resistance fighter uniform, which includes a Raspberry Beret, <laughs> the kind that you find in a secondhand store. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's awesome. Uh, um, so yeah, they they take him down into the what uh, Stevie takes him down into this underground lair where the good to guys Mick are Fleetwood hanging out, playing Mick. Yeah. He's made up to look much older than I assume that he was, right. which I'm not sure why you cast Mick Fleetwood in a little bit of stunt casting to play a much older guy with a lot of makeup and wigs and all that. I don't feel like um, Mick Fleetwood ever looked especially young, definitely spry, no? but like, <laughs> you, I mean, they wouldn't have had to do anything real. Uh, yeah, I don't get it either. Why? Was he that gray um, in 87? That's a good question. I don't know, man. Were you Fleetwood Mac? You a fan? Um, yeah. I mean, I became more of a fan in college. 
because I had yeah. some buddies in music school that listened to them a lot. I mean, I knew all the hits and stuff from when I was a yeah. kid, but I, I listened to them more uh, in college. Once they brought in the Americans and like they put out that second for me, that second Fleetwood Mac album, maybe mm-hmm. rumors I don't know if is that the was best like one. 75 might have been the second one called Fleetwood Mac that they put out. Mm-hmm. And then after that, rumors, those two incredible yep. they're so i good. fucking love those like cover to cover they're badass one of the best albums ever yeah man um fucking killer anyway back to this uh amazingness of yeah, running so they've, they've been brought to <laughs> mick fleetwood because he's real uh-huh. good at taking off those explosive collars we glean right right and he's just sort of small talking. The the system for taking the collars off is kind of weird. He clips some wires or does some shit, but then he just sort of drops it down a hole and he, it's like, everyone stand back and it blows up. Yeah, because yeah, not really disarmed so much as just taking them off and then they still blow up, which is terrifying because... Yeah, it's, that seems dangerous. There's a lot of there, yeah. There's a lot of potential to go wrong anyway. I would think you just you don't do it in a crowded room. No, as you they were. do it outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Laughlin is explaining that the government has now shut down the schools mm. and is brainwashing all the kids. Fantastic. Um, yeah, the rebels they want to hack into the into that ICS government feed. Yeah, they're twenty four seven feed. Yeah, they want to take that propaganda machine off the air, but no one knows where where they transmit from. Right. So that'll be our our mission, as it were. They got some groundwork to do to figure it out. Yeah, for sure. They start having a discussion that Mick doesn't want to take off Ben Richards collar yeah because he was paramilitary before right and he was like you're the butcher of bakersfield it's pretty uh, pretty sweet nickname (laughs) man ben richards is also talking all sorts of shit to him while he's puffing on a cigar in true arnold fashion yeah but like (laughs) is this wise to talk shit to the guy that you need to save your life right um yeah mick says you're one of the cops who locked up all my friends but my song so we get mick was a also a A musician musician. in in the movie (laughs) um and that people like richards turned the country into a jail yeah, so they don't mm-hmm. they don't they don't look too kindly on Richards. Um, it's a lot of hearsay, but I like that Weiss in this scene is sympathetic, saying that it's it's probably not true that it's all propaganda. So at least one person in the room is level headed. Yeah, you can't just believe what you want to believe and say Seeing that everything is else believing. is a lie. That's right. Seeing is believing. Um, um, the next day, they just cut to I guess he <laughs> successfully did get his collar removed. So the next day, Richards. Uh, who's dressed in a world gym sweatshirt with sort of the sleeves cut off is he got a deep cut down the chest suspenders, like sort of a lunch pail or a, a toolbox and a yellow hard hat. Looks like very a, inconspicuous. Yeah, it's like a construction worker or what he thinks a construction worker would look like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's skipping town That's right. and yeah. Laughlin and Weiss are asking him, you know, don't you want to stay and help us out? But he tells them he's not interested in their politics. He That's just right. wants to go what he's going to go meet his brother. Mm-hmm. Who's going to help him get He's out of town? He's got a low in L.A. Um, I always, you know, watching it now, the image of people jumping on the flatbed, like Spanish speakers, like sneaking in is very timely. I was like, man, just people like trying to have a better life. Yeah, this is like day laborers or migrant workers yeah. or whatever like that. Um, 
I love uh, Richard's told him I'll see you at the 10 year prison reunion <laughs> as he runs off. That's a pretty That's sweet just, line. You know, it that was, it was. good work to Susan. <laughs> For sure. Well, well played, sir. And now the scene will shift to the ICS headquarters. That's right. Um, where we see our the host of Running Man, Damon Killian. Played by Richard, that's Richard Dawson. Dawson. Playing, Absolutely. playing the role that Roger Ebert said that Richard Dawson was born to play, which is essentially oh just my playing God, himself. Yes. But <laughs> he is. He's like he's got this like there's just throngs of fans waiting. He must be like, I mean, I guess he's the biggest star. He's like a Yes, yeah, the most popular TV show in history. So he is the biggest star in the world. He's like a like Ryan Seacrest times a hundred or yeah, something for like sure. that. You know, I love that that blood red Maserati limousine that he rolls up in. <laughs> yes, that thing was incredible. That car is sick. That had to be custom made for the movie. That's it was amazing. Uh, yeah, I love the people in the crowd. We amazing. need you, Damon. The people are just like <laughs> everyone's drinking the Kool Aid. He had these old lady. He had a lot of old lady groupies. Uh. <laughs> for sure. Um, but he seems to be sweating the fact that the running man ratings have, have sort of plateaued. That's right. We've peaked. Uh, he's got this like sort of hot, like assistant mm-hmm. with him or producer. Um, but guy, he is a huge fucking asshole. Yeah. He's I, like, I feel bad for the poor janitor guy. <laughs> yeah. He bumps into this janitor who's mopping the floor in there and he's very friendly to him. And then as soon as they sort of, leave the leave get out of your shot of him killian's like if he's still here mopping the floors tomorrow then you're gonna be the you know you're gonna mop the floors the rest of the week to the uh to the assistant yeah goofy asshole um, people people say that richard dawson was not unlike this in real life yeah it's completely believable to me yeah like they, i guess i could like, see it just get on set and be yourself man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're well cast. And uh, Sven Ole Thorsen, he's in the elevator waiting, and he's like head of security for Killian. Oh, yeah, imposing Killian, presence. Killian, great name for a villain, Killian. Damon Killian is a is a very, like, sinister name, for yeah, sure. It's absolutely. Like demon kill. Demon kill. Love it. <laughs> um, then we're back with uh, Ben Richards. He's entering this apartment building, I guess, looking for his brother's place. Yeah. But I, I, as I said, I mean, Schwarzenegger is like the opposite of inconspicuous. He's the, he's the most jacked dude you've ever seen in your life with a huge cigar in his mouth and a yellow hard hat on. It's just like anyone who saw him that day would have remembered it. I yeah, think the giant guy with the world's gym uh, shirt. And like, holy hat. shit. You might not have recognized him as Ben Richards, but you would have said, Holy, there's a giant <laughs> with a hard hat on and, and, a, and a stogie. Well, I love that. He, <laughs> Look so at this he, fucking guy. So he goes into his brother, who we at some point learned his name was Edward. And he goes into Edward's okay. apartment and it, it looks like he's in a woman's apartment. Like it's definitely a woman's yeah. place. They and apparently didn't change the codes on the lock. doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever that the building yeah. wouldn't change the security code. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's, that's bonkers. Um, now back at ICS, there's a Killian has a flunky mm-hmm. who's like he's. I remember mostly he was being sort of the bad guy from Ghostbusters two. Yeah, Kurt the, Fuller, the mayor's the mayor's like shithead assistant. So good in everything, always playing that he kind just, of like goofy. Yeah, asshole. he's like slimy sort of corporate type bad guy, like yeah. a. Yeah, um, but he's telling Killian that the Department of Justice has been calling every 10 minutes, and Killian tells him, just give them an evasive answer. Tell them to go fuck themselves. It's evasive. <laughs> the very definition <laughs> of evasive. I love that. It's I so mean, good. 
I will say you could tell Dawson was having a good time playing this part. Eating it up, just chewing the scenery. So he's probably like, finally, I get to say the things that I want to be saying that I had to filter myself on family feud. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell like grandma to go fuck herself or aunt Susie or whatever. So bad. (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, back at the apartment, Amber, that's Maria Conchita Alonzo. Welcome home. She comes home. She comes she home. Fl- what time of day? So I feel like she's coming home midday with tons of shopping bags. Yeah, I feel like she was out for a little morning shopping. Okay, all right. We could just- uh, yeah, I would say it was probably maybe one in the afternoon, something like that. That's my thought. But then she has the kitchen make breakfast for her, which I guess is not oh. weird because, because I hmm. ate breakfast today at one o'clock also. So that's kind of awesome. But maybe um, she was coming home from like a, a night of male partying. friend's place or something. Those, or were, a gifts lady friend he, or, those were gifts that, they, that her uh, romantic liaison mm. bought This her. is a good call. Yeah, it's definitely not early in the morning. No, because Richard's left early in the morning and he had time to get from the outskirts to or yeah, to downtown, uh, to his brother's place. Hmm. But I love that. I love the kitchen that makes breakfast for you. a la like back to the future too. Oh yeah. You just pop the, the little mini pizza in and then it makes your, your food for you. Love that. She wanted that toast and coffee. I love it. She turns it on to TV ICS channel one. That's right. It's, uh, Captain Freedom's workout show. Yeah, Jesse Ventura is <laughs> amazing as Captain Freedom in this movie. Oh my gosh. He's touted as being the greatest stalker in Running Man history. That's right. But he is so fucking campy, his performance. That little scamper that he does across the screen <laughs> and that like, ha, like laughing is the funniest he's got, shit ever. He's got all these like dancing girls out there, which are probably the same dancing girls that are the running man dancers you, that we'll yeah, see later. One, one would think. Um, but yeah. But we also see, man, like see Amber doing her workout in her lingerie, which is uh, fine. <laughs> but, I mean, why dirty up more clothes? I guess. I well, I said, I have two questions. Number one, why is she working out in lingerie? And number two, who cares? <laughs> it's awesome. She looks so good, good in this good movie. Yeah, she's, oh my she's in God. terrific shape. Way to go, Maria. She Conchita. is. The arms. Yeah. Like she telling. was, she was, a, she was nearing perfection in this movie. Maybe, she looks so maybe nice. Maybe she was working out with Arnold off, like off camera. Like he was helping. Like, yeah, it could be. He's like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but they cut into the captain freedom show that's right. with they a little news bulletin. Interrupt this program. Um, yeah. who say they they've, uh, that Richards, a news bulletin comes out about the searches on for Richards who, right. who has allegedly killed some civilians and they're, they're going door to door and, uh, they're showing various images of what he, he might look like. And I fucking <laughs> love that mustache mugshot, dude. Oh my God. He looked like shit uh, with that mustache on. Is that what inspired the mustache you're wearing today? Uh, this thing rules, man. Um, so you, <laughs> what happens is when you've got no one to impress in life, facial hair, is, facial hair is 100% for your own entertainment. That's for your own enjoyment. <laughs> That's right. It's to, oh my it's to make me but laugh. Yeah, him with that mustache. Why does he have a mustache in the, in the mugshot? Do you think that was, I think it's just, maybe that was like, is when he when he recruited into the military or whatever that's it that was his I look think the, i think it's just them showing what he may look like any of these uh, scenarios i think that they doctored the photo is like a deep fake well, it's like here's what he would look like if he was wearing a fake mustache exactly exactly <laughs> but i love that he subdues amber mid sit-up like wow <laughs> yes he's just like creeps up behind her as she's doing her thing there um 
Yeah. Any, I just can't get over her in that lingerie. I'm sorry. I'm distracted. That's okay. That's it was, fine. Oh my goodness. I'm uh, sorry. I'm up against it. But um, <laughs> He's distracted, <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen. So he tells her, this is my brother's apartment. You know, are you, are you his friend? Are you a friend of his or something like this? She says she just moved in that the last guy who was there, he had been taken away for re-education. So we, we gather that that means... Edward's probably dead. He's been taken to a concentration camp and killed. Reading between the lines, he was either put on something like the running man or he was taken to another type prison situation like Ben just escaped from. It's all very 1984 or whatever. Edward must, he must have bucked against the system too. Like Ben, maybe he was speaking out, maybe he was speaking out in favor of his brother and got busted by ICS. I feel like we may as well mention it now that it is weird that the brother is never mentioned again. Agreed. Like you would have thought that that would be a thing that could pay off later. Like he finds out that his brother was whatever he's in the files here or he was, he was on the running man. He was killed on the running man. It gives him added motivation. It would have been interesting when like later on in the movie, we'll address this. Like when Amber gets a hold of Ben's raw files and stuff and gets access to that. If there had been something in his file or if the resistance had been able to hack in and tell him like they killed your brother. And that's something that like, finally gets him on board because he's very resistant against the resistance like this whole movie you know like he doesn't want to play that game i have just a a a fan fiction theory yeah let's say that this apartment is like an ics employee apartment maybe they set you know the people to live there what if brother edward had worked for ics and had you know been like i don't believe that my brother ben did this thing Right. You know, found found the raw file, knew he didn't do it, but got caught, captured, sent away, whatever. It would have made more sense to me that he had been killed, but then like they needed to pay that off. Like, yeah, that was just a weird thing to mention it and never mention it it's again. It's not like this movie was too long and they needed to cut some. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Ben Richards tells Amber that he's been framed. All right. Um, now she tries to sort of run off. He is real grabby she with her. She freaks out and starts screaming, and he pins her I down. Udeme, I know to me. I Which I love. I love. I love. It. He says, <laughs> I he, love it. He, Ben Richards, the books are at Bankerfield is in my apartment. And he says he's going to be out in five minutes. But this is another moment in a long list of moments that we've talked about or will talk about when burly Arnold Schwarzenegger is thrust into a situation with a female stranger and like <laughs> physically forces her to listen to him try to explain his innocence. He's like <laughs> all he does yeah he's good at he strong arms women i'm trying to tell you that i'm innocent this happens in predator and commando just spring to mind instantly yep um yeah (laughs) anyway that's just all he knows that's all he knows is using those muscles will she trust him only time will tell. <laughs> uh, would you? I don't know at this point. Um, but yeah, we'll have to come back and talk a little bit more about it later because we are at time for now. We're at time, baby. <laughs> Man, this has been awesome. This movie is so great. I hope you guys yeah, have this enjoyed movie, this. This movie, Fox. This first time. episode. <laughs> yes, it does, baby. Fox. Fox, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll be back. We hope you'll be back next week with some more Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger. Bye. Bye.